Today's New Testament reading is from the Epistle to the Romans, the first chapter, verses 1 through 17. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh. And was declared to be the Son of God in power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith, for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son. That without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I want you to know, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you, as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, The righteous shall live by faith. This is the word of the Lord. For today's meditation on God's Word, we welcome Pastor Duncan McClellan. More people were killed because of their allegiance to Christ in the 20th century than any century previous. By some estimates, more than were killed in all of the in the year of our Lord centuries previous. When we think about standing boldly for the Christian faith once delivered to the saints, we naturally think about the brutal fate that was forced upon our spirit-filled ancestors. Martyrs, those whom the world hated because it hated him first. The 20th century heard the loudest cry from the saints under the altar as the fifth seal of John's apocalypse is opened. And with 85 years to go, the 21st century does not seem to want to settle for second place. The mass slaughter of Christians in Africa and the Middle East overshadows the church shootings in God bless America. O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long? The answer to the cry of the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne remains unknown. 
and the great ancestor of Christian persecution, the one who presided over the death of a man named Stephen, and whose lust for the blood of the saints drove him from town to town and created fear in hearts otherwise occupied by the Holy Spirit. This man was given inspiration by the Holy Spirit to years later write, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Words of comfort and courage for those whose faith would be put to the mortal test. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed to die for the gospel, but Mohammed's sword, Hitler's camp, and Stalin's gulag are, at least for today, not dangers clear and present. We are not ashamed to die for the gospel. That's not the issue. And if history is our teacher, it never has been. Easter has taken fear of death off the table. Good Friday has removed the possibility of personal divine retribution. Ashamed to die for the gospel? No. But ashamed to live for it? The power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The power of God for salvation to a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. It is easy to not be ashamed when wishing people a Merry Christmas. But what about talking to a wife who finds herself on the innocent side of a marriage torn apart by unfaithfulness? Are we ashamed of our good news in that moment? When a close friend loses a child and it is your turn to speak, are you ashamed of the name of the gospel then? Does human tragedy and the last enemy diminish the truth of the gospel? Do tears dilute its power? I am not ashamed of the gospel, Paul writes. This comes as no surprise to the reader, for by the time we get to chapter 1, verse 8, he has repeated a two-word phrase no fewer than five times. Jesus Christ. The name above all names, the name to which all knees bow and all tongues confess. The name that demons fear for its power and sinners cling to for grace. Ashamed of the gospel, may it never be. But may the Holy Spirit speak his name through our lips in the dark corners of a sin-sick world and sing praise to his name in the holy assembly of the baptized. Let us bind his name to our hearts and in our souls, and as a sign on our hands and as frontlets between our eyes, let us teach this name to our children, speak his name while we are sitting in our houses and when we are walking by the way, when we lie down and when we rise. Let us write his name on the doorposts of our houses and on our gates. Let us not be ashamed of the gospel, the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. The gospel concerning Jesus Christ, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in power, according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ forever. Amen.